This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Okay, well, I am super excited to have on the show today, Sarah Dean. Sarah, welcome to Thank you the Mud Her Podcast. Me. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. And this is such an honor and such a thrill. And I'm just going to lead off by saying a few words about you because I want to give you the floor to share about your journey. And I think women's journeys are so important and they're so rich, right? So- And I also just want to name that Sarah and I know each other. We have the honor and privilege to work with Lex Vernon in a speaker coaching group. And so we've been working together for about a year and I've gotten to know Sarah. And I was impressed with her when she came and spoke at at one of our breakouts one time, but now to have, have had the opportunity to be with her. So without further ado, I'm going to say more about you. So, and I'm going to start, I realized that so many, so often, you know, the, the intro, it's like, what has she done? Right. And we're going to get to that because you have done some incredible things, but I want to start with who you are and how I know you, and I'm going to cry. Sorry. I don't even know, know what you're going to say. And now I'm tearing. I up. know. Um, but okay, good. Well, we'll get that out of the way, but no, we'll invite as much crying as we want, whatever feelings <laughs> are there. But I have gotten to know Sarah and can say this with total surety of what a dedicated, passionate, caring, big hearted woman who risks using her voice to empower women. She's done this authentically and deliberately in every area of her life. And she puts herself out in the world, whether it's social media, whether it's her keynote talks, whether it's the group that she leads or her Facebook group or her podcast. I'm going to give some details on these things in a moment. Sarah is herself. And by that, I mean, she's authentically and genuinely sharing her journey, the ups, the downs, the beautiful, the, uh, you know, what we might say are the ugly, messier parts that I'm trying to reprogram as beautiful too, because they are. Yeah. And that's how she leads. And I have felt led by Sarah and I know you all will today. And I want to say, you know, that that being of Sarah has manifested in some really beautiful doing and, and ways that she built a health and wellness fitness business for six or nine years, Sarah, for like 15, sorry, 15 years for 15 yeah. years until and she'll share more of this, but until her values and she listened to her intuition, spoke to her to take it in a new direction. And I can't wait for you to hear about that. And she hosts a podcast, which she jumped in and started six years ago, right? Like that's birthday in March, 2022, six year birthday that now has over 600 episodes, over 4 million downloads. And out of that, you know, has merged and she's, and I'm going to say has mothered these, all of these aspects into being and realized out of that, that she was building a community and she built a community and with the times has strengthened that and really brought it to what's relevant today for, for women, for mothers 
in how to lead in their lives, how to speak out. And there's so much more. And, and her creds, as far as where she's spoken and who she's spoken with are, are just magnificent. So I am now going to turn it over to you, Sarah, to share some details about that. And you know, what, what has been living this life and this journey been like for you? And we'll go from there. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for that. That was such a thoughtful intro. I really appreciate all that. Oh, I'm doing a really bad thing because I can't believe I forgot to say this. And, you know, mothers, her family, like with her husband (laughs) and nine-year-old son. And, and, and that is an aspect. And I, you're going to talk about it, but I wanted to add that in also. Okay. Yes. Yes. So that's my, like my technical mothering is of this nine-year-old who is, yes thinks he's 22 and thinks he rules the household. And sometimes he does, but, (laughs) um, so, uh, thank you for that really lovely intro. You used a word that I really appreciate that. I'm going to like write it on a post-it note. You said that I'm deliberate and I was like, Oh, I think that's something I haven't really embraced, but you're right. And I want to remember that someone said that because sometimes people say words about us and we're like, I never thought of myself that way, but I am. So thank you. And intentional gift. Yeah. I'll add deliberate and intentional and you put your mind to something and you make it happen. You conceive, create, and give birth to it. Thank you. Yeah. I try. So all the things that you said, they're all true. And I would love to, does it, do you want me to start a little bit with the like transition, the journey from fitness into the podcast? Would that be a helpful starting point? I think that's great. Yeah. Okay. So like you said, I was in the fitness industry. I started out as a personal trainer in 2003 and I loved helping women as they, many of my clients um, were becoming athletes for the first time in their lives in their forties and fifties, which was really exciting for me because I had become an athlete for the first time in adulthood Mm. as a kid who never played a single sport or threw or caught a single ball growing up. I did not think of myself as athletic and then became an athlete in my twenties. And it was really transformative for me. So Mm. to go back to school, become a personal trainer, and then support other women doing that was really, really exciting. What ended up happening though, that I didn't see coming as I got into running my fitness business and really, really loving it. I started running transformation programs and doing all these things that really supported women as they chose to embrace their health in different ways. But what ultimately ended up happening with these programs that I was running is they really became programs to help women shrink their bodies. And I took Mm -hmm. a lot of pride in them at the time because people were getting great results and they loved it. And they would come like crying and telling me all the ways that losing weight had impacted their life. So I felt like for me, I was like, this is a measure of success that these women are losing weight and they're getting lean and they're getting strong. And on paper, this all looked really, really great. And then I had my son. And after I had my son, I had all sorts of weird (laughs) body things um, that nobody warned me about that are common after you have a child. But like, like my bladder was all messed up and I had a cystocele, which made me like pee every time I stood up and all sorts of things. And then I had all sorts of breastfeeding infections. And it was just like one thing after another. And I realized that I had to treat my body in a completely different way and I had to honor it in a completely different way. And as I was going through that process, I had this huge aha that I had really pigeonholed my business into this place of helping women shrink their bodies and really prioritizing helping women shrink their bodies as a means of success and a measure of like what every woman quote unquote should do. And in that first year after my son was born, I really felt like 
this business is not aligned with my core values anymore. Mm. Like my core values have changed. I don't ever want to help another woman shrink her body. I only want to help women take up space. And what was naturally happening as women were having results in my gym is that they were getting more fierce and more bold and taking big action in their life. And they were doing things to take up more space, but I didn't want to set the stage where women were only taking up space because their bodies had shrunk to a certain yeah. point. And so I decided to launch the podcast as a so that's phenomenal, by the way, Sarah, I just want to underline because you know what that you had a successful business, right? You had a, a going concern that that was successful and something not aligning with your values, not feeling right. And I just want to underline the helping women take up less space to actually taking up space and the shrinking their bodies. And there was something you said they were more fierce. They were more yeah. accomplishing more. It sounds very I'm going to say Yang, you know, I'm going to mm -hmm. use the word masculine, but I don't mean men, you know, yeah. like the, the results, the deadline and, and kind of fitting into my patriarchal old paradigm. Right. And you saw right. that and felt yeah. it and through your experience yeah. and, and now, okay, pick up where you were. I wanted to say yeah. more about it. Cause it's big. Oh yeah. It was a huge aha. And it took me a while to kind of synthesize it all. So initially sure. I, I thought like, I'm going to start this podcast. Cause I was very thoughtful and deliberate that I wanted the podcast to be a place for women to take up space. And we were not going to talk about like, what's the best workout for burning calories. Like those were never going to be conversations that we were going to have. So I knew that, but I didn't quite know like, what was this show going to be about long-term but as I got into the show and as it started building some traction and having success, and there were some really meaty, juicy conversations coming out of some of the content that was conversations I was having with women on the show and just content that was coming out of the show overall within the community, I started realizing more and more of this like really growing disconnect between what was happening in my fitness business and what was happening on the podcast. And pretty quickly, I was like, I think I want to go do more around the show, more around the podcast, build more around that, because that feels like the more aligned way to support women and support moms. And I really wanted to get out of fitness altogether. I was just increasingly aware of diet culture and what generations of diet culture had done to women and mm. was really digging into all that. And I was like, I can't, I can't, like, I can't be in this industry. It's just like, as I learned more and more, it was just sucking my soul. So as much as I loved what I had built and I loved my community and I still have great relationships with many of those women, I just knew I needed to build something else. And so I ended up selling the gym and then building a business all around the podcast. So the podcast kind of started off as a passion project just to kind of like test it out and see what that platform mm -hmm. to see what it would feel like to have a podcast and have different kinds of conversations. But I quickly fell in love with it. And so I sold the gym and built a business around the show. And that was six and a half years ago. Thank you. Cause that's, yeah. that's huge. And something that I had, I'm on this jag today of like this distinction between, you know, and wanting to emphasize, you know, the mothering feminine journey aspect of it, because it was supported by the masculine supported by this, mm -hmm. you know, your intention, you know, your deliberateness was so support. So you could manifest mm -hmm. what was, you know, next right for you. And I love, because you didn't mention it, how you dove in. It's like, well, from what I know, most people start a podcast and, you know, you do a once a week show and whatever. I think you do. Do you still do two? Yes. <laughs> Not what I recommend to other people, by the way, but yeah. Anymore. Right. Yeah. 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 But you I loved it and you and put yourself in it so fully. It was beautiful. Yeah. I couldn't. And the two episodes a week was because I couldn't decide 
if I wanted to do a solo show or an interview show. So I was like, oh, I'll just do like one of each every week. <laughs> and, yeah. And here we are. Yeah. But I mean, it's a great way to build up your content library quickly. Cause you know, yes. we're approaching 700 episodes. And so, but yeah, well, you have a decent amount of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you were living what you were now, you know, the value that you were embodying or what you were <laughs> turning toward is sharing your voice, taking up space. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just going to do one podcast. I'm going to do two. I'm going to take up space with, I have, you know, there are things that need to be said and talked about, and I want to support that and lead that. And I don't think, I think you mentioned it earlier, but how did the name of the community and the the business, I guess the umbrella of the name of yeah. your, of your business do you come know about? My, do you know my trademark story? That, I don't. So it didn't actually start out the Shameless Mom Academy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I launched the show as the Selfish Mom Academy, which I thought oh. was like really fun and kind of cheeky and like inviting moms to be more selfish around how they take care of themselves and prioritize taking care of themselves. And within, I think it was within the first 24 hours after launching, I was getting on a plane to go to LA for a conference. And I get this email that is like, if you do not change the name of this is a trademark infringement. And if you don't change this within like 24 hours, we will sue you. I got this awful email Mm. as I'm getting on a plane. And it was like, I opened the email right as they're like, put your phones in airplane mode. Like we're taking off. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do anything except for to sit on this flight and just panic the entire way. So I get off the flight and I call my lawyer and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think this is a big deal. (laughs) Of course, my lawyer is like so helpful. And she's like, you're going to be fine. Like, we'll figure it out. Well, we did figure it out, but it was very expensive. It was very stressful. And within a week, we had a new whole new podcast name. (laughs) But what was interesting about that is, so it was the Selfish Mom Academy. I knew I wanted to stick with something that was similar. Yeah. What was interesting is that I feel like I found something better. And I am, I'm so grateful that that happened because I love shameless. It was just a way better fit. And as soon as I, we figured that out, my husband and I, I was like in LA on like going through a thesaurus online, you know, thesaurus.com with my husband late at night. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like it needs to start with an S. I was very determined that it would start with an S. And then we landed on shameless and I was, it's, it's been the perfect fit since then, but it's funny how, like, it's not what it originally was. And it was born out of this woman, mom, who could not have been less supportive or less kind or less respectful of the journey that I was trying to be on, like as a fellow mom working on a platform to give women a voice. And, And it was a really interesting exchange to like, just be really not honored by another woman while I was trying to build something. And it kind of gave me some extra juice where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're like going to try to take me down. Watch me make this really successful. <laughs> and, and here yeah, we are. Nothing like a little fire under our butt, right? <laughs> totally. Or a little like, you know, push from that direction, whatever it takes, I say sometimes. Totally. Right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you would have done it anyway, but that, you know, mm-hmm. gave you even more fire. Oh yeah. Yeah. It definitely helped in the beginning, but yeah. And then, I mean, since then I'm like always been grateful. Like sometimes these things happen and when we're in the middle of them, the chaos and the stress and the overwhelm is awful. And then you get out the other end and you're like, oh, that's exactly what was supposed to happen. (laughs) Damn it. I know. Isn't that wild? I'm, I'm trying to have moments where when I'm in the midst of something, at least like acknowledging, even though I might not totally believe it, that nope, this is 
you know, this is a gift. I don't know what it is yet. And I'm kind of hating it right now, but somehow there, you know, this is happening. And I don't mean to just throw off, like it's happening for a reason, but right. I think that's like, we're really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So can say a little bit more about, so we have the podcast shameless mom Academy. So Academy means something like what falls under the umbrella of, of Academy. So I wanted it to be a place where women could come and learn and evolve and grow. And so it's a place to be inspired and get motivation, but it's also really a place to learn. And so I'm I'm always thoughtful about how we're bringing in conversations and how we are, mm-hmm. how I'm, if it's just a solo episode with me, how I'm always making sure that there's something that's t- a tangible takeaway. So it's not just entertainment. Well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with podcasts that are pure entertainment. Totally. I just knew that that's not what I, given the back, my background in, in what I, the work I had done up to that point, I just knew that I wanted to be doing, having kind of a level of coaching and teaching mm-hmm. as I was with every episode. And so that piece has been really cool because when women start listening, they learn how to take action. They learn how to build confidence. They learn how to use their voice. They learn all sorts of different tools that really do arm them to go out and be advocates and allies in their community, to be culture shifters and culture shapers in the workplace, to really be thoughtful about who am I? How do I want to show up? Whether that is being a leader in my workplace, whether that's being a leader in my household, it's really stepping up to recognize how do I want to own who I am in this world and own my identity outside of marriage and motherhood, which was all has always been the primary goal is really stepping back a bit (laughs) to recognize like you don't just have to, while there's great things about being really highly invested in your children and your partners and all that, it comes at the cost of investing in ourselves so often. And we lose a lot when we lose sight of that. And so that opportunity Mm -hmm. to step back and really think about how are we investing in ourselves in order to have the impact that we want to have. Um, oh, I love that. Ways. Cause I think women are really challenged by that investing in themselves. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm being a little, you know, a little gender stereotypical, but I've seen this a lot in my coaching and that like men will be like, yeah, I'll go do that business growth, you know, mm-hmm. sales, you know, development, develop myself for a whole week for a whole ton of money and not even blink an eye where women yeah. it's like, Ooh, how, where am I going to get that time? Like that money could yeah. go to my family. Like, so yeah. I, I just want to underline, or if you want to say more about that, what you've sure. run into in that regard. I think that piece is really challenging. I always like to use myself as an example yes. and as someone who considers herself really progressive and really aware of social conditioning and aware of how women and moms have been socialized in our culture. I still constantly catch myself around, I should do this because this is like the way that it's typically done. Or so a perfect example is that I know that I do really well. If I take a couple, like if I go to a hotel for two days, I can knock out so much work and like visionary work to really work on my business and get focused and get a whole bunch of things done. And every quarter I say, I'm going to do this. And there's times when I've done it and it's fantastic every time I do it. And I go and I have two, three days to myself and I get ahead on things. And I really get time to be focused on, first of all, just self-care, like sleeping in a hotel and eating room service, but also doing things that really light me up for my business. And I know that that is 
a really positive and powerful habit for me if I do that on a quarterly basis. And also every time I go to book it, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like if I do it there, then if I, that week, it'll be tricky for my husband. And this week it'll be like, I'll miss this thing for my kid. And I run around in circles trying to schedule this every time I go to do it. And I'm Mm -hmm. someone who's really aware of the fact that exactly my husband knows how to like make breakfast, lunch, and dinner and get a kid to school. And like, he can do all those things and he wants to do those things. And I'm often like, not empowering him to do them. So even being someone who's really aware of that, it's still really hard. And I think that there's on the flip side, so many women and moms who have no sense of awareness that they Mm -hmm. don't put themselves first or that they have set up dynamics in their relationships and their households where they have to be the point person for everything, which makes it even more difficult. So I think for those of us who are even aware, it can be really, really tricky to just it's, it's overcoming gender roles, but it's also overcoming. Like, I swear it's like the caretaking that's in our DNA and the intergenerational, like trauma from caretaking that's in our, in our DNA um, that make it really, really hard to step away and focus on ourselves and invest in ourselves in the same way that men do without thought or hesitation, without thought or hesitation. Well, cause we don't want to lose. Like, I, I think there is this very feminine yin aspect of caring, of holding a lot, you know, like seeing the whole, it's like, well, if I do this, then I, you see that like 10 other things that that's going to impact, you know, when I do that thing for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the more masculine value or thinking, it's just like me, I, you know, like linear, go do that thing. And they both have their place and, and serve. But I was thinking, as you were saying, you know, there's so many women who aren't even aware that they're stuck in that that system, that paradigm. And that's why I love, you know, that you have a podcast that I have a podcast that we're talking about this, that somebody might hear Mm -hmm. it and be like, Oh, you mean I could even do that? Like I could even think about this and Oh my gosh, like, and both honor, like, Hey, isn't it cool that I can hold so much and I care so much, but wait a sec. Like uh, I seem to be like way bottom of the list if on it at all. You know, and, and that just leads to a whole lot of like badness. Um, Can I give give an example? Yeah, please. One of the things that happens a lot in my community as people are considering, so you can become a member of the Shameless Mom Academy. And as people are considering becoming a member, one of the things that happens frequently is they'll, people will say, oh, well, I have to check with my partner, typically a male. I have to check with my partner, husband, and they're, they're not, they don't really get it or they aren't really like they don't spend money on these kinds of things or they don't spend And what it typically boils down to is like that men don't spend money on intangible things. So to go to a partner and say like, Hey, I'm going to like join this community and have it not involve, like we meet on Wednesdays to go golfing right? (laughs) specificity (laughs) to it. Women tend to think that that's going to be a really tough sell to their partners. Hmm. And so a couple of things can happen. One of the things that I see happen all the time is the moms I work with will get like all worked up about this. Like I have to talk to my partner and they're not going to get it. And what if it doesn't go well? And then they go to their partner and they're like, Hey, I'm thinking about this thing. And the partner's like, sure. Cool. Whatever. Like they don't care at all. Right. <laughs> and the mom comes back to me and she's like, yeah, they didn't care. And I was like, yeah, yeah I told you. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I was the one worried about it and right. projecting it onto my husband. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. that piece. And then there are the other handful of people, partners who are like, well, what, what is it? I don't get it. Why do you need that? Mm. Why does that make sense? Like that doesn't even make sense to me. Why would you spend money on coaching with this woman who you met on the internet, things like that. And so when people get that kind of feedback, I say, what if you were to say to your partner, you don't have to get it. That's totally fine. 
rather than trying to like sell them on it, just right. like, you don't have to get oh, it. Like, yeah. I don't get what you do either. And, but like, have at it. <laughs> like, I don't get golfing at, you know, getting up for a 6am tea time on a Sunday. I don't get it at all, but go for it. Have fun. Enjoy. So being able to say mm, and recognize that's beautiful. Like, a partner doesn't get it. And that's totally fine. They don't have to Yeah, like that. Our partners don't have to be, or our partners, our family members, our teenagers are like, they don't have to buy in on the things that we want to buy in on. And I think that sometimes we think if someone else doesn't understand or see the value in it, then that immediately in our minds devalues something because we are not trained to listen to our own gut and identify our own needs. So to really recognize like, that's fine. You don't have to get it. This is something mm-hmm. I'm going to do for me. I want to invest in myself and here, this is how it's going to go. work. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not a seeking permission and, and validation kind of a thing. Yeah. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women and coming to really take time for yourself. Okay. And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up, but now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. I love that example. And I, I'm going to ask you if you've run into this. So, so they join, they're in it and they're 
learning things, they're making changes that may or may not like impact their relationship or they bring it in. And then, you know, sometimes the partner or spouse is like, this is amazing. Like, oh my God, look at you. You're alive. Like I've missed this you. But then other times they're like, oh, is that what that Sarah Dean is like (laughs) teaching you? Like, and they want to, you know, blame this new behavior that, you know, maybe they're, you're expecting more from the teenager or, Mm -hmm. you know, from the family to take care of themselves versus you do everything, or, you know, you're doing something, you know, to bring what ultimately is more closeness or connection, but it's different, you know, you're bringing in something different. I'm curious how you've worked with that or if that's come up because it's come up for me. So I guess speak to it So for people seeing this on video, I'm like nodding my head because I'm like, yes, this (laughs) has absolutely come up. Listening, you can't see that. You can just imagine I've been nodding my head for like the past (laughs) minute or so vigorously. So yes, this has absolutely happened. So often what happens is that the first case where people new members come into our community or not even members of the community, just people start listening to the podcast, whether or not they actually join the community and they have all these new tools and they build confidence and courage and start taking action in different ways. And it's this amazing transformative process. And partners often are like, this is incredible and so great and good for you and have at it. And like this, we can all celebrate this as a family. And then there's definitely times where partners don't get it and they either feel threatened or left behind. Um, maybe their own cultural conditioning is like, they, they appreciate the way the patriarchy benefits them. And it's Mm -hmm. a huge threat to have a partner who's like, Hmm, I've learned some things. I'm going to go do something with that. And so we have absolutely had members of our community who have left marriages because they have, and this is not because anyone comes in and I'm like, I'm going to challenge you to challenge your marriage. That's not at all what it's about. No, no, no. Of course not. But what can happen is that as women recognize their strengths and their gifts and their talents and all the ways that they can show up and shine in the world, sometimes the relationships that they're in feel out of alignment. And it's not because we did anything that like rocked the relationship off its course. It's more that the foundation upon which it was built never gave the woman or the mom, the power to stand in her strengths and her gifts and all those things. And so as she started to feel that and realize it all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, it's usually slowly over time, but as things shift in a partnership and in marriage, then some compromise there compromises either happen or don't that dictate where that relationship is going to go. And it's been interesting to see as that's happened in our community and it's happened very few times, but the handful Mm -hmm. of times that it's happened really interesting to watch. And I give so much credit to the women who've gone through this as they've owned their gifts, their strengths, their voice, all these things, it's become so clear to them that they're like, this isn't the right relationship for me anymore. Mm -hmm. It was never through my suggestion that that happened. It was always through the work that they did on themselves. And while those transitions can be really hard and scary and overwhelming, all of them have gone through them with this incredible amount of integrity and grace Mm -hmm. to say that I know who I am now. I didn't know before. And I know this is the right path for me. Like there's just this confidence and I keep coming back clarity. to grace, clarity yeah. that comes yeah. with it. They're like, of course, this is the next right step for this relationship to not exist in this way anymore. And it's been really, really incredible to watch because I would never 
take it upon myself to like <laughs> pass no. judgment on whether or not someone should be with someone else or absolutely not. Never my, but it's been really fascinating. And I'm very curious to hear your experience because it's been an interesting no, thing to similar. witness. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to name, this is with partners. This can be with friends. This can be with yeah, yeah. family of origin. You know, this yeah, is all of those, you know, sure. all of those, because, you know, if you decide, if you follow the yearning and some, which someone does, you know, to come and work with you or to work, you know, with a coach or me and in these respects, you know, there's, there's something they're deeply yearning for. And sometimes we stop ourselves because we know it could mean change. You know, we know that there are people, yeah. we kind of un, both consciously and unconsciously know. And I think sometimes when there's resistance from family or partners or things like that, it's because they unconscious, they couldn't articulate it. They might just say like, well, that costs too much. Or, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't have time for that versus like, whoa, this could really stir and shake things up. And I, I think that's why I think, you know, the self-exploration, the, the digging in and doing work and really coming to know who you are and what you want and and being willing to put yourself out in the world doesn't come without risks. doesn't come yeah. without, you know, and I, why I think it's so courageous, you know, mm -hmm. when people take it on, when they've been thinking about it or should I, should I, and then they take that step and then they keep taking those steps and it's beautiful. And the person they're becoming is like you said, you know, them and they're now have a core self and, and yeah. that, but it doesn't align. And, and, you know, when you brought that up, even with your 15 year business, you had a relationship. Yeah you know, in relationships with the business and people, it's like, this doesn't align anymore. I've, I, I've outgrown it. I've, mm -hmm. you know, cause along that way you learned and grew and, you know, and, and expanded yourself such that that container didn't fit anymore. You know, right. it, it didn't fit in that container. And, you know, and at the same time, I caution people like, well, it's, you know, like right off the bat, like I, I want to end my marriage, you know, before they've actually given any real depth of thought or tried or worked on it. And, you know, I, obviously that's always my encouragement too. And similar, it's not like I, I've never told somebody like that's a decision they have to get to for themselves. I just feel like I'm there to open themselves up to more and more truth, you know, for mm -hmm. themselves and, and be willing to like see things really plainly and clearly, and then have a very discerned choice about it. And so that's what I hear you saying, but that's, yeah. you know, my similar experience. Can I ask a follow-up question? Of course. Do you ever have people who don't join your programs and maybe that you have a bit of an outside, uh, where you where over time they show interest in things and they continually don't join things. And you can tell that there's an avoidance, like they know that the digging deep that they would do would unearth some things mm -hmm. and it's, they're just not ready to unearth. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. I, I'd say earlier on for me and my coaching, like I used to get hurt and kind of upset mm. by that. And, you know, cause I can, you could, it's so much you easier to see it. for other people. Right. Yes. And then it is for ourselves. Right. And it's just, no, just you're rooting for them and you want it for them. And then mm -hmm. when they don't choose it, it's, you know, it's just heartfully disappointing, you know, not, yeah. of course, there's always a little business mind like, Oh, I'm, I wish I'd gotten that client. You know, I'm not going to lie, but the bigger, honestly, aspect is, you know, the minute somebody lets me into their life or like opens up a space, it's like, and share a piece of a vision or a, a, something they, you know, deeply want or that, then I want it for them too, you know? Totally. And then it's, yeah. And sometimes yeah. I can even, if I get to know them a bit, like preempt, like you're probably going to, there, there's a good chance you're going to hit a wall when we get to this, you know, or, you know, there's the, you might put up, let's just foreshadow and plan ahead. There's, you're going to hit some spaces as we get deeper where 
there's probably going to be some pretty strong resistance and, but you always have choice, you know, and I, I've become more compassionate, you know, about people being ready to go there or not, you know, yeah. and as much as yeah. I can want it for them, they have to, they really right. have to yeah. want it's it be tricky... willing to do the work. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's tricky. And I definitely have a few people who follow a lot of things I do and they'll come to every free thing I offer, but when it comes yes. to putting money into anything, and these are people who I absolutely adore who it's yes. so fun to have them there in any capacity. But when it comes to making any investment, there is this block of that. I can just tell is around, well, and in, in the people I'm thinking of as husbands, my husband X, Y, Z, it's like some, my husband isn't ready. My husband says this, my husband does mm. this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just want to look. We just want them to claim oh, it for themselves. Yes, right? and, yeah. yes. It's so tricky. And so, and I'm like, great. I'm here. You know where to find me if and when you're ready, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's come up repeatedly Yeah, with just a few people. And I'm like, Oh, I just want to like show you how great it could be on the other side. <laughs> Not saying on the other side of like leaving a marriage, but it's on the no. other side of like owning your space in a relationship in a new in a right. new way. So and yeah. knowing just how having that conversation, taking that stand, <clears throat> sure you want them in the program, but you know it's like it means much more than that. You know, oh, that totally. if it, yeah. when they do take that step, you know, if they do nothing else from there, they've just taken a giant leap forward. You know, yeah. in in their you know, their self-efficacy, their, mm -hmm. their, you know, deserving for themselves, you know, yeah. not that we have to deserve something like that, but we think we do. Right. But the claiming right. that they matter, you know, and what they uh, yearn for and want matters. And yeah. Gonna... Yeah. Our, our, we have a theme every month inside our membership and um, this month's theme is ownership and agency. And it's mm. like that sense of agency to be like, I'm in, I can be in charge of my thoughts and my decisions and my actions. And of course I want to be considerate of the people around me and, but I don't need to be, it doesn't need to be dictated or those things don't need to be dictated by the people around me. And there's mm -hmm. such a big difference there. So I had this, this question's come up a couple of times. So I I'm going to ask this and probably one or two more, but you know, the, depending on our time here. But you mentioned early on, you said, yeah, you know, instead of just doing one podcast, I did two, but I don't recommend anybody doing that. And then I, <laughs> I think I saw it in, it's either on your Facebook page or somewhere where you wrote like, and I co-chair in a parent association of my sons. And I reckon say that, but I often don't recommend <laughs> mothers like over volunteering. Like, so are you calling me a hypocrite? <laughs> well, no, I, I know it's going to sound like that, but yeah, what I it. want, yeah, no, what I want to say, but I think you say that with the realization, like I'm going to add a yet to it. You know, if mm -hmm. that's a, it's, yeah. I, I want to hear a little bit about your, you know, kind of what's the, what is the warning in that? Like, what is yeah. the, the, the warning, but also what is the possibility and what does it take to, sure. to do that? And I'm going to tie that with like how you mother yourself, you know, in that, like, if I'm going to do that, how am I not just doing another thing? Cause I think I'm supposed to, or right. out of, you know, some other, you know, not as empowering belief uh, that drew me to do that. So yeah, go that's ahead. a really great question. I'm so glad you asked this question. And my answers are actually really different for both of those examples, but I'm going to be really, really transparent with both of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I often do things and then I'm like, this is what I did. And here's what I would recommend. And here's what I would not recommend based on what I did. I'm <laughs> very happy to be my, you know, be a little bit experimental and then share what I learned. 
with the podcast, we, I have the one episode a week. That's a solo episode. One that's an interview. I love my time where I'm doing all the coaching. And I also love the conversations that I have when I'm interviewing people. And I could absolutely go to every other week where like, you know, first and third week of the month, it's a solo show. Second, fourth week is interview. Like I could absolutely do that, but in full transparency at this point in the show, there's ad revenue that comes in that makes it very worth my time to do both. Yeah. And so, and I also have a system down where it's, yes, it's, there's some intensive, uh, time consuming pieces to it, but I've been doing it for so long. It doesn't monopolize my entire week. So I can do it from a business strategy standpoint. It allows the business to be financially fluid in ways that it makes sense to do two episodes a week and mm-hmm. have this back catalog of all these episodes getting X amount of downloads a month, which brings in X amount of ad revenue and is highly valuable to ad partners. So that piece of it is why we still do as much as we do. When I'm looking at someone who's starting out a podcast, you're not going to have ad partners who are paying X amount of dollars. Like it's because of the downloads that we hit per month that it makes it valuable for me to do that. So that's my like, yeah, it makes sense for me to do that. It's not going to make sense for someone brand new to do that. It's just going to be a lot of extra work. And so I'm always really happy to be really clear on like some things make sense for some people and not others. So that's that instance where I'm like, yeah, it makes sense for me right now. And I've thought about backing off and going to one a week, but then I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense though, from like a business strategy standpoint. Yeah. So that's that piece, (laughs) the parent association piece. This is so funny because I, for year, I mean, from the day I started the podcast, I was like, moms, you got to get yourselves off the PTA, like stop volunteering so much. And then I had this opportunity at my son's school. I was doing just really minimal volunteer work when he was in the second grade, mostly to connect with other moms in the school, which was really fun. And as a result of that, one of the co-chairs of the parent association came to me and said, Hey, we're looking for someone to co-chair next year. And he said, what we like about you as an option is that we do these parent education nights. We know you have a lot of really great contacts around parent education. We think you could really run that kind of up level that program a bit. And we also know what you stand for and your values are aligned with the values of the school in a certain way Mm -hmm. where we think that we could like, this would just be a, you'd be a really great asset to the team. And when he positioned it in that way, I was like, it's like, Oh, I can't, I mean, I was like, you're, he also used specifically, he said, I think your leadership could really help position the school more in social justice in a more prominent social justice position in our city. And I was like, now you're speaking my love language. You Mm -hmm. have said all the key words and there's no way I could say no to that. Now, if he'd come to me and said, we think that you could really help us organize the end of the year carnival. I would have been like, hell no, no way. (laughs) Yeah. There's no way I would have been like, yeah, no, I don't do that. I'm like, not a party planner. Don't care at all about like organizing volunteers and whatever, but because he knew my key, my love language keywords. And he knew the things that would make me say yes. I said, yes, because I knew that I had really specific strengths and that he was my counterpart. And he was like, I'll organize the carnival. If you can do this other stuff. So it made sense as a yes, from that standpoint. And it also made sense for me to say yes, because it was a leadership opportunity that I knew would help me stretch myself in leadership in new ways Mm -hmm. that I actually wanted to grow. And so I think that oftentimes when moms are really heavily involved in volunteer work, that can be sometimes an overextension and can sometimes be soul sucking. 
I think sometimes we're just saying yes to the wrong things or saying yes for the wrong reasons, because we think we should do it or because we've always done it in the past, which is a really big one. Like, well, but I've been doing it for three years. So obviously I have to do it for this fourth year. And we don't really think through why am I doing this? So when I was able to be really clear on, I'm bringing really specific skill sets. And I also said, I will do these things and not these things. So I was like, I will never, yeah, I was like, I'm never going to, yeah, there's certain things I'm never going to do. And then I also knew because I would stretch me in leadership. I was like, okay, this is a yes. It was like, it's a yes that stretched me very far, but it's, I knew why I was again, deliberate. I was being really deliberate in that decision. And so if you don't know why you're saying yes to commitments like that, and you're just doing it because you feel like you should, or just because someone asked and you don't know how to say no, or just to belong, which can be okay. Like you said, like I did some minimal because I want to get to know people and yeah, you know, that could be a thing, but when you're taking a, so there's several, thank you so much for outlining that. And I knew there were good reasons, you know, I just wasn't throwing you, you knew I wasn't throwing you because it was like really important. I think because, you know, when we unpack that, you set boundaries and were clear and deliberate again about, you know, what, and yes, your love language, but it was your values again. Right. And something that's, I think always been meaningful to you, but even more so in the current environment, you know, you've been stepping in and, and really leading in the social justice area. And I think that's mothering ourselves, you know, I, because mothering ourselves isn't like, Oh, just say no to everything. But what you're talking about is when things come my way, because if I do a good job on something, more people are going to ask me to be part of their team or, Mm -hmm. you know, and the yes, 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 but being discerning and it's okay to -hmm. say yes to the things that really make your heart sing or where I'm going to grow. So those to me were the key things that came out of that. Like it matched my values. I was going to grow and be stretched, you know, in my leadership. And I was very clear about what I wouldn't, wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. to me is, you know, one really big formula for, if I were to ask, like, how could you mother yourself? Like that would be a way, you know, and in this, we, this will be my second year because it's a two-year commitment. So in the second year, I said at the end of last year to my co-chair, I said, I think we could take more off of both of our plates if we brought in two other people into like lead roles with us. And so now there's actually going to be, instead of just being the two of us, there's going to be a four person leadership team. Mm. And so looking at, and this is another way to like, look at here's what I need out of this, or here's what I'm able to do, or here's some boundaries. And so I was able to say to my co-chair, look, I don't think we need to work as hard the second year. And I think there's people who are really well suited to do, like we're bringing on a communication lead. I don't ever want to send out an email for the parent association, <laughs> which my co-chair was so nice about. So he did all the emails last year, but I was like, dude, I don't think you need you to send these do that either. either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why don't we get a communication lead who loves to send out emails? And so we got this other parent who's so pumped about like putting together an email template and all these things. And my co-chair was resistant at first. And now he's like, this is amazing. I'm like, I know we don't have to, like, you can continually redefine the boundaries and the rules mm-hmm. and the things that you say yes to in ways that work for you, especially on a volunteer basis. Totally. <laughs> I think that's where we, I think we just forget that we absorb so much and add and add and add to our plates without giving ourselves permission to like reimagine and rethink how things can be done. Good. Absolutely. No, I love that. So two closing things. First one, how can people where can they find you? I know we've put out names of stuff, but why don't you yeah. more deliberately? And of course it'll be in the show notes, but why don't you more deliberately say some of the ways and where sure. 
the places to find you. Yeah. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to the Shameless Mom Academy. So go to any podcast platform. So whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or CastBox, or uh, there's so many of them, but we're on all of them. So you can go there. And then my website is shamelessmom.com. So you can find everything there. You can reach out to me there. Um, if you're looking for a speaker to come in and speak at your organization, I'm at saradine.com, Sarah, no H. So saradine.com for anything speaking related. And I think that's, those are like the main, well, there's more we'll, you know, and we'll have the links to all these places and yes, you know, and all the the ways. So now in final, final closing, I mean, you know, you know about my work and this umbrella of rewriting the mother code and yeah, we all mother uh, and most important person we need to mother is ourselves. I think we've been talking about that, you know, through this whole, and I really value all the insights and your personal experience of where you're bringing that, but anything else that you would last say, or like anything striking you or what thinking it that way, or what, what in this moment does rewriting the mother code mean to you? I think rewriting the mother code is using your voice in a way that is authentic to you, but also has the impact that you want to have. And so for me, that is doing two podcasts a week and yelling and screaming on stage, yelling and screaming in positive and productive ways on stages. (laughs) But for a lot of people, it is not yelling and screaming into a microphone ever, ever, ever. And that's completely fine. So I think it's finding like, where can you identify the places where your voice has value? So your voice has value everywhere. You are already a leader, whether or not you've really owned and embraced that. And so recognizing, okay, if I am a leader and anyone who's a mother is or mothering in any capacity is leading in some way and in probably many ways. So how are you going to take responsibility for your voice in the ways that are authentic to you? And so sometimes that's in one-on-one conversations. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's going to marches. Sometimes it is in hosting a podcast. Sometimes it's in creating a mother circle for other women. It's there's infinite ways to do it. Sometimes it's insane. No to things. (laughs) Yeah. So, and, and letting your kids see you say no to things. And so there's a million ways to do it, but doing it in a thoughtful, and I'll say it again, deliberate. (laughs) Uh I love your new word. I love that I was part of it. Well, I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been just a thrill and a joy for me. So, oh, thank you um, so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.